right, welcome back, everybody. This is Todd Sylvester with another Todd Sylvester Inspires Belief Cast. I am so grateful to have Cherim. Ch- uh, I said it wrong already. That was so good. Charon Probacher. Yeah, there it Did is. I say that right? Charon Probacher. Yeah, awesome. I am so excited to have you. Thanks yeah. for coming so early. Of course. I was, <laughs> I was up at 3.30, just so excited. Really? Yeah, and, and I, tried, I went back to bed for like an hour, but okay. I was just, I just, I did, I, I did get excited. It was, it was awesome. I was stoked. Yeah, well, I'm, so. I'm stoked to have you, and yeah. and I'm actually real excited for my listeners and followers to get to to know yeah. you a lot better. And so, um, you know, Charon's been a, an, an actor for how long now? I, I think I officially got into it in 2004. Okay, you know, that's like when I committed. In my mind, uh, I'm going to do this, and so yeah, about 14 years now. 15 okay, years. right on. Yeah. Well, so I, you know, just in you know some of the studying I've done and in, in my research on you, I know yeah. you were you were born in India. Born in India. And I kind of want to start there a little bit. Just yeah. kind of give us a little background on, you know, where you grew up, and then sure. what you know, when did you end up, you know, and how did you end up in Utah of all places? Uh, it's a question <laughs> I ask myself every day. Uh, I'm still not sure why. Right. No. Um, <laughs> You know, it's it's interesting. We so I was born in in a place called Madras uh, or, or Chenna. That's another name for it um, in India, and I lived there for about six years. And it was funny because I we always wanted to come to the states, or I always wanted to come to the states, right. but didn't know if we'd ever have the opportunity or anything like that. And we were uh, born Hindu, okay. and um, so I lived there, went to school there, and, and all that stuff. And, you know, I was always humbled, very humbled, because I lived in this, you know, my family, we weren't like wealthy, overly wealthy by any means, but we did have money and we lived in this house, uh, which I guess my grandma inherited or something. And, and it was a, it was a nice house, actually. And right outside the house was like this concrete fence that we would have. And outside that fence on the other side were tons and tons of homeless people that would live in these cardboard oh, boxes. Really? Okay. And, the, and the concrete wall would be kind of like a part of their home, you know? And I always was wondering, how come, like, what did I do to live on this other side of the wall? Yeah, you know? right. With this incredible home and, and incredible family and stuff. And so that always humbled me. But um, we had this opportunity to, to come to America. And my dad wanted to go to school here and, and things like that. And we kept getting rejected, you know, like mm. we, we applied for visas and, and it just wasn't coming through. Yeah. And my mom and there was a servant girl that used to work with us. I guess she and my mom snuck out of the house and uh, went to this Christian church to pray. Yeah, Because my mom, I guess, has always had this thing for Jesus ever since she was like a little girl, even though we were Hindu. So, which which is is I mean that's kind of like almost taboo. For, yeah, right? yeah, it's it was, like you don't do that. Yeah, it was it was kind of crazy. And so <laughs> uh, anyway, so she went and prayed, and um, two weeks later we got our visas, and we ended up coming to to Utah. Didn't know anything about like really the Christian culture or any of that right. uh, stuff here. But my dad uh, studied at BYU. He okay. wanted to study computer science. And so we came out here, and um, that was back in 1987, I believe. Okay. And so we moved here and then just lived here basically since then. And, I mean, I do live in L.A. right now. I've been there for about nine or ten oh, years. Oh, okay. But, gotcha. um, but I did live in Utah before. Right on. Yeah. So do you have brothers and sisters? I or? do. Yeah, I have a brother who is five and a half years younger than me, and then a sister who is 15 years younger than me. My sister is from my mom's second marriage, and okay. so she's 
my gotcha. half sister, but right. she's my real half sister. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> your real so, half. And yeah. what's your brother's name? My brother's name is Sarah. Yeah. I think I'm at, he's actually going to be on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, I think either next week or the week after. Yeah. I think it's next week and, yeah. and he's, he's going to be great. He's awesome. Yeah, I'm excited to meet him as well. And yeah. Yeah. So again, thanks for being on and I'm excited to, to get to know more about uh, you. Mm. Um, so how, how, young were you when you realized that, you know, maybe acting is something that I want to yeah. do or, I mean, cause a lot of times you hear yeah. when, when little kids or you want to act in front of at family parties and sure. stuff yeah. like that. So go, go over that a little bit. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure I had a very imaginative childhood and, mm -hmm. and I would always <laughs> pretend and be off in whatever landscape I would be in, in my <laughs> mind. Um, but I was really shy growing up. Like I was so shy. It was, it was embarrassing how shy I was, but I, would say probably like in um seventh grade-ish or so I had the thought whoa how cool would it be to be an actor someone had mentioned the idea of going to a drama class and I was uh -huh. like whoa but I was so shy and so nervous I was like there's no way I could ever do something like that but um which surprises me because you're the exact opposite of that it's, it's so weird <laughs> it's so weird like yeah. my parents like still have no idea who I am right now but uh <laughs> but I grew up like so shy. And then, uh, I think, you know, we had some family friends of ours that he, that said that he was like an extra in a movie. And when he said that, I remember just getting so excited that he was in a movie and I was like, right. what? That's crazy. And so, <laughs> um, back in ninth grade, I like took drama and I, I got like hooked and I was like, Oh my gosh, like this is so fun. Right. But I was still nervous to actually say, I want to be an actor, but I remember uh, my ninth, my fifth period. This is so crazy. I always remember this ninth grade, fifth period. It was my geography class. These counselors came into our classroom and said, Hey, uh, we want you guys to write on a piece of paper what you want to be when you grow up. Mm -hmm. And so we can give you guys like goals and, and plans to get there. Right. And I was like, the only thing I could even think of was act, being an actor. And I mean, of course, like my, the practical Indian side, the the dad in me, you know, would have been like, right, doctor or right, like a <laughs> right, a hotel owner. I don't even know. But right. uh, but I wanted to write actor. And so I did. But I was so nervous to even write that down. So I wrote it in really tiny letters and then really? I folded it up really tightly. And I'm like, and I held it down. I'm like, OK, no one can see it. But that's what's on the page. Really? And so I was so nervous when the counselor came up to me and. But she's like, hey, let's let's see what you wrote down. And so I like I slowly unfolded it, and like I like I think I even had my thumb over it, and I like slowly pulled it down so she could see it. And she was so nice, uh -huh. but uh, and she's like, she looked at me, she's like, oh, actor. She's like, oh, that's that's really that's really nice. And then she said, but um, would you also mind writing something else a little bit more practical so that really so that um, you know we could help you out with that? I'm like, oh, oh yeah. And I remember feeling like so dumb. I'm like, well, oh gosh. <clears throat> I mean, what? But yeah. Epic fell for the counselor. Like, why would you're a counselor? <laughs> yeah, you're there to motivate you know. and inspire. And <laughs> yeah, and I and I'm sure maybe because like she just didn't see the possibility of how I could be an actor like living in Utah or right. whatever it was, and she didn't yeah. want to shatter my dreams. Whatever it was. Right. But I remember being like, oh yeah, that's such a dumb idea. Like, well, <laughs> how could I ever think about being an actor? And so I did it in high school, but I kind of like pushed it off for a little bit and until like much later when I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. So, wow. yeah, I mean that, that's, that's a really cool story. It's funny how, you know, 
you wrote it really small. Yeah. Like you were just almost embarrassed. Oh, I was totally embarrassed. Yeah. yeah. Wow. For sure. So, but then you started, you ended up taking some drama classes in high school. Uh, yeah. Um, it was actually, I, I mean, I took it in high school, but, uh, you know, after high school, I kind of like gave up on it for a little bit. And um, I just, you know, kind of like in the idea of like, oh, being practical and stuff, I started pursuing other things. And um, I remember when I was in college, I started studying communications because I thought that was an important right. thing. And, and I took like business classes and stuff like that. And I remember having this, this distinct feeling like nothing satisfied me. And I was like, no, I just need to keep forcing myself. I just need to keep like yeah. pushing it harder and harder. And like business is such a great major or a great minor to have because it's going to like get me to a certain area and I can make a lot of money. All these things were going in my rational brain. Right. I have like goals I could do and things like that. And yet deep down inside, I knew full well that I wasn't happy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so uh, it was actually 2004. Uh, it was a summer during the summertime. And I remember having a really hard week and I don't even know what the week was that made it hard. I just remember it being like a really tough week. And during that time, I, I kind of like had like this kind of a come to Jesus moment. And I said, okay, what's, what's the deal? And when I get really old and I look back on my life, if I regret something, what would it be? And instantly, yeah. just instantly, it was like, if I never gave acting a shot, I would regret it for the rest wow. of my life. And so then I was like, well, why didn't I give acting a shot? Like, what's the deal? Well, you know what? Yeah. I'm sorry to cut you yeah, off yeah, there, yeah. but it's almost as if you you bought into that belief of what that counselor said. You you know, put something that's a little more practical. Right. And you even said those same words. Well, I started to do stuff. I kind of forgot about that and I started sure. doing stuff that's practical. Exactly. But it wasn't fulfilling. You felt totally. like something's missing. Completely. And it was like this this, this feeling of like, like my soul wasn't complete. I know that sounds kind of like a weird way to say it, but it just felt like it was, there was like, I was robbing myself of something, uh -huh. robbing myself of who I could be. Right. Right. And, um, so when I had this, this feeling of like, okay, I never gave acting a shot. Then I thought, why haven't I give acting a shot? And instantly it was like, it was cause I was afraid. I was afraid I was going to fail. Wow. And I was like, oh my gosh, because at this point, I had taught so many people that, hey, you know, if you just have like belief in, in God or your higher power or whatnot, you can do anything. I would tell I would tell people this all the time. And yet me, myself, I was like, oh, but not me. It's, it applies to everybody yeah, else. But everyone, me. Yeah. You know, well, that you think about that for a minute. I think a lot of us get caught up in that. Like we can tell people anything. Sure. You can do it. You can do this. Yeah. You can. But then when it really comes down to it. Yeah. Um, I had a um, you know, little side note here. Uh, I'll never forget one of my mentors back when I was saying I'm going to be a life coach and a motivational speaker. And, and he, he looked at me, and I'll never forget this. He said, the hardest thing for you to do if you're going to do this is practice what you preach. Mm. And it was so true because I can tell anyone anything. Yeah. You know, believe in yourself. Do this. Do that. Yeah. And then, you know, I'm in my own world going, oh, my gosh, I'm scared. I don't know yeah. what to do. Yeah. And it, it really hit me hard. So it's kind of what you're saying there. It's like you yeah. you could say these things, but when it came right down to it, you struggled yourself with it. Yeah. And I think a part of it was just like admitting that I'm going to do it. You know, <laughs> I, I couldn't even like voice it out. But then I had this incredible like epiphany mm -hmm. that week. And I said, I'm going to be an actor. 
I just said it out loud. Like I, I just felt it and I said it and just saying it, I just started laughing in joy. It was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be an actor. I, I'm going to be an actor. And I was just so excited about it. And then here's the crazy part. Like maybe a day or two later, like some, like a close family friend of ours called me out of the blue. I haven't talked to her in a little while. She called me and she said, Sharon, I don't know why I'm calling you to tell you this, but I feel very strongly inspired to tell you, you have to go live your dreams. I'm like, what the, okay. Uh, all right. Random call, but uh, I agree. Again? A, a good family friend. Just of ours. a friend. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then uh, I, I go to the, the church I go to and, and every lesson was like, live your dreams follow your talents. I'm like, okay, I get it. I get it. <laughs> I'm hearing it. Now. I'm hearing it. <laughs> but then the, the craziest part, and again, this is one of those things I'm like, all right, there's gotta be some grand design here. Uh, after the last meeting, uh, is over, I'm walking out and, um, this Hispanic guy comes up to me and introduces himself to me. And I thought he just wanted to say hi or, or whatever. Um, but he said, Hey man, this is so weird that I ask you this but have you ever thought about being an actor? I'm like, what? Whoa. I'm like, are you kidding me? And I'm like, dude, like I, I literally can't stop thinking about anything else. <laughs> and, and he's like, he's like, are you serious? And I'm like, yeah, man. And I was like telling him all this, this stuff. Uh-huh. And then, uh, he said, okay, uh, here's the deal, dude. I am in school studying to be a director and I just think you're so funny. And I would love to cast you in my, in my film that I'm doing in my short film. And so I ended up being the lead in his short film. That was like one of the first things I did. Wow. And, um, and it was amazing. And it was just like this incredible feeling of like, yes. And like the moment I was on set and I was acting and I was saying my lines and all that stuff, I just felt like a little kid, just so full of joy. And I'm like, this is what I'm going to do. And, and it was just like, I needed, maybe I needed those signs to keep happening. Yeah. But I'm telling you so many crazy signs of, kept on happening as I've kept doing what I'm doing. So, wow. Yeah. That's really cool. What a, what a cool story. And yeah. so about how old were you when this was, when you, when yeah, you had that first lead? To... Yeah, probably about like, let's see. So 2004 is so about 23 Okay, or so. Yeah. yeah. 23, 24 around that yeah. time. Wow. So. And I love what you said when you, you just said it, I'm going to be an actor. Yeah. I'm a huge believer in what we say actually we manifest it. Yeah. So if we say, I hope I can be an actor one yeah. day, then you'll always kind of be hoping to be an actor. Yeah. But when you say, no, I'm, I'm going to be an actor. Yeah. And then look what happened. All these things started kind of opening up. Yeah. And you get this wonderful opportunity. Yeah. But I'm telling you, like, I've had <laughs> so many amazing things happen just because I, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to create it. And, and it would happen. Um, do you have time for one more story in this oh, realm? Oh, absolutely, please. Uh, this one I love because, it, and it's like every couple of years, I would have like really cool, amazing signs of um, that would like that would indicate you're on the right track. Keep on going, keep on, keep on creating. But uh, a couple of years later, probably like uh, yeah, I think 2008. Um, and at this point, I had uh, done like 2008 was a great acting year for me. It ended. It started off like really intense cause, and scary because like I didn't think anything was gonna happen, right. and then I ended up booking like three feature films. It was amazing, but um, every year. So I uh, I teach snowboarding and really? um, yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. It's it's a fun fun thing in the wintertime. I teach snowboarding. It's one of those random awesome. things. Yeah, yeah. And um, <laughs> this, so when I first started teaching snowboarding, my boss at 
uh, at the resort I was teaching at Sundance was like, okay, um, I need to tell you something. Don't be offended. I'm like, oh, I love when a comment starts off like this, you know? Yeah. I'm like, I won't get offended, I promise. And they said, well, for whatever reason, we've just found that when it comes to teaching skiing or snowboarding, we have a very difficult time teaching Indian people. I'm like, really? Why? <laughs> this is what we just, they're just uncoordinated or we just don't know why, but it's hard. We just have right. a hard time. So it's funny because, you know, I'm East Indian and like, and you're teaching snowboarding. Like you're defying everything right. that we've always felt, you know? <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is amazing. And so <laughs> I, uh, so the following year, I decided to do a prank and I, um, pretended that I had never been snowboarding before and like the uh -huh. ski school was in on it and we decided to prank one unsuspecting instructor just to see what would happen and so we, <laughs> I put awesome. a sweater on I had like these jeans on and <laughs> I just I'd be like well I'm very excited to learn how to snowboard today and have a wonderful time and she's like okay and we we're filming <laughs> it and I said, everyone in India is going to watch. I, my family needs to see my experience. It just goes on YouTube. It's just for humor. Right. And so I would just give her the worst time. And then halfway through it, I'm like, I can't go on anymore. I have to, I have to pray and align my chakras. And then I'd get up <laughs> after I say a made up Indian prayer and then just bomb it down the mountain. Like, no, like just totally normal. And, and, and it was just, a, yeah, she's like, what the, <laughs> so I started doing this and people started requesting me to do it like year after year. They're like, dude, it's so funny. Like you have to. Right. So this one particular year, uh, 2008, I was doing it again. And, and the day before I did this prank, uh, Ben Stiller and his wife, like they had come to Sundance and they were like snowboarding, skiing, stuff like that. Uh, so I briefly met them the following day. I was doing this prank and Ben sees me and he waves to me, but I was kind of in my character and doing my thing. And I didn't want to like blow my cover. So I just kind of give him like a little head nod. Right. And Ben was like, like what? And so he turns to my boss who was teaching him <laughs> and he's like, what the heck? Like this guy was so nice to me. Like, why is he like just blowing me off? Yeah, like a head nod? He... What's this all about? And my boss is like, no, 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 listen, he's got to be incognito. He's actually doing this prank. He's been doing this every single year and he's, he's punking one of the instructors right now, but like the whole ski school's in on it. Like uh -huh. it's like a tradition. So unbeknownst to me, Ben was watching me do this prank. So after it's all over, uh, I'm back in like the ski school year, like showing the video and stuff. And Ben comes up to me and he's like, can I just shake your hand? I'm like, wait, what? And he's like, that was some of the funniest stuff really? I've ever seen. Uh -huh. And then uh, he watched the video and he was just dying laughing. And then the next day he's just like, he asked me like what I was doing in my life. And I said, well, I'm actually planning on moving to LA and I want to get into acting. He's like, Oh, you want to be an actor? And I said, yeah, but I don't want to bug you. He's like, no, no, no. Listen, let me give you some advice. So he sat me down and he told me all about perseverance and creating your own path and being really passionate. And it, and it was amazing advice. Right. Yeah. And so that's, it's, that's what it always comes down to, right? It always comes down to persevering. Mm -hmm. It always comes down to, creating your own life, creating right. your own path, whatever that is for you. Yeah. And I like that because it's not like, you know, cause sometimes as an actor you think, Oh, well, I got to do whatever role it is or whatever it says. But yeah. the truth is, is like when you're creating your own way, when you're using your own light, um, there's a so much more joy that comes out of it. And you'll find that the universe is very abundant. It's extremely yeah. abundant. There's no scarcity. Yeah. And the more you create, the more opportunities just come to you and you can do the things that you truly want to do as opposed to being pigeonholed into something that you don't really want to do. Right. 
That's so cool. What yeah. a cool story. I'd love, I, I, I can imagine being in that ski school watching you do that. Oh, man. Dude. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> with they're, the, they're, they're with the wonderful YouTube. Indian accent. Oh, yeah. I'll have to, you'll have to like send the link on your podcast to the video after. Yes. Yeah. You'll you have to. to show me. Absolutely. I will. I will. I yeah. Sure we'll will. put it on there for the, for the <laughs> listeners to <Okay>. enjoy. <laughs> All right. It's, it's pretty, I promise you that you won't gain any brain cells, but you will be happier. Yeah. <laughs> you'll get yeah. a good laugh out of yeah, it. Yeah. You'll have a good laugh out of it. Yeah. Well, it's cool how that just kind of opened up some doors yeah. as well. And so, very cool. Well, let's, uh, and I definitely want to go talk more about the acting thing, but let's sure. let's talk about when you were growing up, you said you were shy and, mm-hmm. and you know, and that kind of thing. And I can't imagine, because I've never done this, but, you know, going from one country to another country yeah. where you speak a different language and all this. And I would imagine as a kid that'd be a very difficult thing to face, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, and I want you to maybe talk about maybe some of the struggles you had as a, as a kid. Yeah. You know, maybe belief system wise, like some of these beliefs that maybe held you back. Sure. And, and then, and then maybe move forward and how you kind of change those that uh, yeah. made you who you are today. You know, I um, remember my first day of elementary school in Utah from India. It was, it was crazy because in India, I went to an all-boys school. Everyone is Indian, you know, all wore mm-hmm. uniforms, all that stuff. My very first day of school here, I went to Wasatch Elementary in Provo, Utah. Okay. <laughs> and uh, I remember going to class for the first time, and it was first grade, and the, my teacher, Mrs. Walker, introduced me to the class, and she's like, hey, we have a new student here. And all these eyes were like looking at me, and... I'm just like looking at everybody and there were girls in the class. They had blonde hair. They had blue eyes. Right. Everyone's white. And I'm like, whoa, what happened? You Where know? am I at? What <laughs> is going on? And I, I remember like sitting down in class and people were like trying to talk to me and I didn't really speak English. Oh, shoot. Uh, I didn't really speak English back then. And um, so I was, uh, I was like really nervous and, uh, there was, in fact, it was funny cause like there was this kid, uh, Dale Richards who sat like r- kitty corner from me. And I remember this bell rang and he, he was like, Chen, are you coming? And I'm like, uh, where, what's going on? He's like recess. I had no idea what that even You're meant. Like, what? I'm like, what does that even mean? <laughs> He's like, you don't know what recess is? And I'm like, no. And so he like pulled me out and we all went and played and it was so fun. Because, like, I remember, like, running to, like, a swing set or something, and, like, the whole class was, like, running next to me, like, hoping, sure, making sure, like, that this, this uh-huh. Indian kid would have, have like, the have best good first time. day, yeah, you know? I mean, cool. they were, like, I remember kids were, like, so great back then. And and they were, like, really nice and, and all that stuff. So I started getting acclimated to um, to, to America, and my, my parents were like, hey, learn English, you know, don't speak Tamil, like, like just keep practicing English. So I did. Um but yes, I was shy. I was very shy growing up. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, I had a close set of friends and stuff, but like, I definitely wasn't the popular kid or anything like that. And um, I think a lot of that had to do with, well, I mean, a couple of different factors. One, um, I remember just feeling um, insecure that I was Indian and and not, not white. And um, sometimes I would feel like, I, I was also very, very small when I was growing up. Like just when I was like seven years old, I was only 37 pounds. Like I, I was tiny. I was just like a small kid. And 
really it wasn't until high school that I started like getting a little taller and stuff. And even then I was just like very skinny and I would just think like, Oh, I'm, I'm skinny. I'm, I'm brown. Uh, <laughs> there's these really cute girls. Why would they even ever want to talk to me? Right. And I would have this voice come in my head that I would listen to that would just talk constantly about like how, Oh, I'm not this enough or I'm not yeah. that enough. And, um, and I would listen and, you know, certain aspects of things were pretty easy for me. Like I was always like a pretty good kid in school. Like I got good grades and some of that stuff kind of came naturally to me. But when it came to like, um, especially girls just get so shy around them, you know, couldn't really talk to them. And I'm sure a lot of people have that same experience. And, but for me, it was, it was more because like, you know, Utah is not a very multi multicultural place. Right. It, it was very like, it's predominantly white, especially when I, we're out, when I was growing up. Yeah. And so that was a, that was a challenging time. And, and I remember <laughs> being like very like kind of insecure and, and all that stuff. And then, um, uh, my parents divorced when I was 12 years old and that was a tough time too. It was a very tough time oh, because, yeah, um, you know, like and we won't get too much into like how, how that all happened, but it was tough because, in the neighborhood that we were living during that time. And I don't know, every, everyone's a little different, but when I had any insecurities or problems and stuff, I would never talk about it. I would just bottle it up yeah. and I would just shut myself off from the world. Like right. that was just my way. I, way of doing it. Yeah. yeah. Because I think what it was, was, um, growing up, like I had like, you know, my dad really wanted me to be good in school and, and, and all this stuff. And, you know, I came from kind of some strict parenting and so because of that, I took a very perfectionistic attitude. Okay. Like I had to be perfect and I had right. to do good and I had to have this and I had to have that. And if I didn't do well enough or, or whatever, I'd beat myself up. Right. So I'd constantly beat myself up and, and all that stuff. And so when my parents divorced, uh, I remember the neighborhood kids that I played with. I just shut myself off. and never really played with them again. Oh, wow. And... I just disappeared from there, mm -hmm. which is weird because, uh, now because of Facebook and stuff, I've actually reconnected with some friends that I hadn't seen in like 15 or no more than 15 years, right? probably like 20 something, 20 ish years. And we've reconnected and, and we were like laughing and having a good time that I do like, you just disappeared. Like we were like all good yeah, friends. <laughs> yeah. You sleep over and then you just disappeared. And I'm like, I know guys. And I'm so sorry, but I think it was just embarrassment. Also, uh, I'm the oldest in my family and, and I had this belief in me saying it's my fault that your parents divorced. Yeah. I, because I was put in a situation where I felt like I had to kind of mediate between them. And when I didn't do a good job, I felt like I failed when they split. Right. And I really let that internalize. And, um, I was like, yep. Uh, I, I made that mistake yeah. and I, I don't want anyone to know me and I don't want like anyone to like, and so like, I remember taking like karate and I'm like, nope, I'm going to quit that. And, uh, I was in scouts. I'm like, nope, I'm going to quit that. Hmm. And so I just quit a lot of things. I just didn't want to be social or be with a lot of people and like, let them see, um, you're hurt. And I hurt. Exactly. Yeah. You know, like just this, it's like therapy. This is amazing. I haven't even yeah. talked about this in a long time, but, uh, that's why but I'm then, here. Yeah, I know. I'm here for you, man. Yeah, thanks, man. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, and it's weird that I'm laughing about it now. I mean, that might just be my go-to thing, but 
I remember back then it was very painful. Um, and by the way, it's really common for a 12 year old to think it's their fault. I mean, they've yeah. done studies and yeah. between the ages of like 10 and 14 ish yeah. is that when a parents divorce, the kids think it's their fault on some level. Yeah. yeah. And, and I definitely did. And, and I mean, you know, my mom and dad would be like, no, 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 this isn't, you know, they, they'd say right. stuff, but but in my mind, I'm like, yeah, right. Like you guys divorced and, and, and all that stuff. But, uh, but the thing is in my life, I, I've always had like, I, I feel, I've always felt like there's like a higher power watching over me. And I've always felt, um, that he uses humor to teach me, right? you know, and, and like, it, and that's always been good. But, but there was this experience I had. Uh, when I was probably that age, like 12 or 13. Um, yeah, ar- around that age. Mm-hmm. And I was, it was like a summertime and I was uh, s- sleeping at my house and um, my dad and my brother, who was about seven at the time, were sleeping on the bed and I was sleeping on the ground in um sleeping bag. The fan was on and I couldn't sleep. I don't know why. I just, for whatever reason, I couldn't sleep. And I was looking at the alarm clock and it was like 12 something. And I'm like, man, it's late. But, you know, there's, it's summertime. I'm not right. going to do anything. Yeah. So while I'm laying in, on the ground, I'm like stretching above. My arms are stretching above me. And all of a sudden, someone grabs my right wrist. Oh, wow. You know? <laughs> and I immediately like just freeze up and I jump. And like I, it was like one of those sucking screams. I'm like... Yeah. <gasps> You know, yeah. I, and I'm like, and I kind of yell out like, dad or Sarah, you know, Sarah, is my brother. And, uh, and I'm like, who, who, like, who is it? And like this hand was just like just clenching on. And I, I was like, am I asleep or am I, or am I awake? Yeah. And I was like, I'm awake. I know I'm awake. And I feel this hand yeah. holding onto my right wrist. And, uh, I'm like, Sarah, I know it's you. Cause it's like, it's my brother, you right. know, yeah. only, only he, you know, he's yeah, like, he'd he like, oh, like that, yeah, yeah, he would do something like that. Little, <laughs> the little punk. And, uh, <laughs> but if the hand felt bigger than my brother's that, you know, it was like, and it was still holding on. So I'm like rational mind thinking, thinking, thinking dad, you know, cause I was like, well, he's like, maybe I'll get up to go get some water and oh, my son's awake. I'll freak him out for no good reason. You know, like I was thinking maybe that could be the scenario <laughs> still like, dead quiet like just nothing so i slowly pull this my right arm back to see what it was and i see this this hand still holding it and i follow it down it was my left hand uh apparently my left arm completely fell asleep and grabbed my right wrist while we were stretching freaked the crap out of me right and i was like what is wrong with me like i remember just being like oh my gosh i'm such an idiot like Oh, this is, is this is this the life I'm gonna live? Like just complete idiocy. But it taught me something powerful, which was until I saw that, I was completely afraid and completely paralyzed, and completely uh like in this in this space of uh I I, I don't know what's going on, and like I let my mind do all these crazy things, and that's what fear does. It like right. it like it's so irrational, and it causes you to like go through all kinds of crazy conclusions and stuff that aren't correct. Right. It's what your mind just decides to make up for it. You, and yeah. you start believing it over and over and over. Yeah. But, um, when I faced it, I realized, Oh my gosh, it's just my left, my left hand. That's hilarious. But I think about that all the time <laughs> because whenever I have fear and I actually face it, I'm like, Oh, like it wasn't, 
any, yeah, it was why like, was I afraid? It, it was way worse than I thought it was going to yeah. be. You know? Yeah, we always build up yeah. a bigger story in our head, and it in and our our brains don't know the difference between yeah. something real or imagined, and that's yeah. why we can create some really scary things. But yeah. after the fact, you go, "What?" Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, and I mean, I mean, I always laugh about that, but that's funny. Um, but I think like that was I. I as I got older and older and I just started seeing fear for what it was mm -hmm. and, and failure for what it was. I, and I realized like, man, these are all like perceived things that my mind told me, but I believed it. Yeah. And I, then I, it was like the weird realization of like, Hey, I'm not my mind. I'm not, I believe sometimes what my mind says, right. but that's, but I'm not my mind. And to have that distinction to realize, Hey, I'm not my mind was really powerful. That is, yeah. Because then I realized, oh, my mind is a tool. It's a tool for creation. But if I say, oh, I am my mind, and my mind goes all over the place, then I start behaving irrationally, and I start, exactly. like, acting weird. But but, uh, but I'm not my mind. And, and it took me a long time to kind of get out of that, that feeling of failure and, and all that stuff. But, but it, was, uh, it was awesome for me to, yeah. to get out of it. What a great learning experience. Yeah, it was awesome. Sure. So just think your left arm is probably great. great you know, your left hand is grabbing your right wrist. Me? Who's got me? Yeah, he's got you. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, well, that's funny. So you talked about a few things before we, you know, off off air before we started about yeah. five things. Yeah. And one of them was, you know, talked about the fear thing, which yeah. you just did and belief systems. And yeah. there's a, a couple others. You want to kind of go over those? Yeah, sure. Um, so... Uh, another story, I guess, yeah. but, um, I was in Lake Powell, uh, years and years ago. This was like after, like after high school was over, I was with some friends and, um, we all, my, my buddies had this idea of like going cliff jumping and I just thought, well, okay, cool. And so I was such, such, such a follower. So we jumped out of the boat and we started swimming over to this, this ledge. And as I'm swimming, you know, I realized nobody's wearing life jackets or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And there's like a bunch of girls. So, and they weren't wearing life jackets. So there's no way I should have wore a life jacket, you know, <laughs> not around the presence of girls, you know? Yeah, right. so, you, don't, you don't want to look like a dork in yeah. front of everybody. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm swimming and all of a sudden, um, I found myself getting winded like pretty bad. And my buddy Bryce, who was swimming next to me, he's like, hey, man, he's like, are you, you doing okay? And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, of course I'm doing great. But as I kept looking ahead, I realized, like, this swim was really far, you know? Yeah. And I was like, oh, man, I don't know if I'm going to make the swim. I'm, like, really getting tired. And so I um, tell my buddy Bryce, I'm like, hey, you know what, man? I'm just going to go back to the boat. I just want to make sure everything's cool back there. Yeah. Like, why wouldn't it be, you know? So he's like, are you sure you're going to be okay? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. So he keeps, they keep swimming. I turn around and I realized I'd come about halfway and either way it was going to be yeah. terrible. Wow. And That's scary. You know, it's a scary place to be mm -hmm. and Lake Powell, you know, it's deep. Like I'm probably oh, under, yeah. in a couple hundred feet of water, sure. you know? And I'm like, Oh my gosh, like that is so far away. So I start swimming and as I do, suddenly my, um, my, uh, my legs start cramping up. And I'm like, I can't even kick. And I'm like, right. oh my gosh, I can't kick. So then I'm like, all right, okay, it's okay. Stay cool. It's okay. Then my arms start cramping up. Mm, and it's like, it's like, and the water's like not completely still. So I'd go a little bit and then the water would push me back. 
And I got started bobbing up and down and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to drown. Like, I'm not going to make this and I'm freaking out and I'm I'm praying and I'm like, what am I going to do? My friend's dad saw me. He was still on the boat and he's like, Sharon, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah. And then I'd go back underwater and come back up and he's like, Oh my gosh. He's like, okay, Sharon, stay there. So he turns the boat on. So even in that moment, you're like, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm I'm great. You know, just as I'm about an inch away from drowning, away from drowning. (laughs) So then he, he, uh, drives the boat over to me and he grabs a life jacket. There's only one in there and he throws it to me. He's like, Sharon, grab onto that. I'm like, okay. And my arms were so tired. I couldn't even like wow. reach it. It was like just out of my reach. Yeah. He's like, Sharon, grab on. And I'm like, I'm trying, I'm trying. But like, I had no energy and finally like, just praying and using any strength I could possibly have. I'm like, please God, give me the strength to just grab that jacket uh, suddenly I, I had, I just had like a little bit of strength right. left and I grabbed it and I held on to it and I was okay. And I just, and I held on as tight as I could. And it took me about 20 minutes before I got the strength to get back onto the boat. It was so crazy. And like, I was always like, what was that lesson all about? Like, why did I have that? You know? Yeah, right. I mean, it was, it was nuts. And, um, I then had this feeling like, Hey, you know what? We all are like came to earth and we're like all kind of like swimming around doing our thing. But, um, unless we have that life jacket, like we'll never make it back. You know what I mean? Like that, it was like this, this thought like, and, and so I started thinking like, well, so what does that life jacket represent? And, you know, and, um, for me that that could represent God. Some people that represents like higher power, the universe, whatever it is. But I started thinking like, even from a more broad perspective, that life jacket could represent all of our beliefs, whatever we believe in, like, you know? Yeah. Uh, and we hold on to as tight as we can represents like that life jacket. Yeah. Now, sometimes our beliefs are like an anchor that would br- drown us, you know, like it'll just like pull us down maybe because they're negative beliefs. Right. Right. But maybe they are like really positive and maybe they're like that life jacket that you can hold on to and it's going to keep you afloat and it's going to keep you, uh, you know, strong and, and in the, in the storms of life. Yeah. Right. And so I always think of it like, Hey, think of this as center stage. Okay. Whatever your attention is at is your center stage mm-hmm. and everything else is the byproduct of whatever center stage. Right. Right. And so if you're dating someone and you, and you're in a relationship with that person, maybe that they take center stage and like that is where all of your beliefs and stuff are like kind of centered around. Yeah. But if that's the case, then the byproduct is like, are you totally happy or like it could be up and down, right? Because mm-hmm. maybe one day they're having a good day and you're like, Oh, I'm on cloud nine. And then other times they're like terrible and they don't treat you that well. Right. And you're like, Oh man, life sucks, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so it's like, it's like you, whatever center stage are kind of like where your, your beliefs are at. And so I always say like, think of your source and think of your byproduct. Um, and is the byproduct, if the byproduct's not making you happy and if it's not filling you with joy, then maybe the source needs to change. Uh, you know what I mean by that? Yeah, absolutely. And, and if your source doesn't change, then you're going to get the same byproduct that you've always had, you know? Right. And so the, and it's kind of like what Einstein definition of insanity is, right? Like doing the same thing over and over, expecting different results. Well, if you had the same source as your belief system, as you worry over, you're putting your attention to whatever exactly. you're holding on to and expecting a different result to happen, 
you're gonna go crazy. And yeah, um, love that. And so I, I'm, I'm a big believer in like identifying what your source is or where your, where your beliefs are. Yeah. And um, and ask yourself, like legit, ask yourself, is this keep, is it keeping you afloat? Is it keeping you afloat constantly? Is it providing you with joy? Is the byproduct joy? Is the byproduct optimism for the future? And and if it's not, then um, have the courage to face that source and to let it go, you know? Mm-hmm. To say, hey, you know what? You've taken up center stage for so long. It's now time for something else to take center stage, right. you know? So that's kind of like... Very cool. That's, that's kind of like um, uh, the the part of like the the belief system that yeah. I have. Now, do you want me to keep going about the goals and everything else? Yeah, or? definitely. Let's go through those. And then I want to no. get more into uh, also, you know, kind of where your acting career is taken yeah. off and, and, and get into that. Because I think our listeners would really love yeah, to yeah, know for more sure. about that. Oh, 100%. Well. <laughs> so yeah, I'll, I'll kind of like go real quick over these other things. Um, this is great though. Thank oh, you okay, for yeah. sharing this. this oh, of awesome. course. Um, so as far as goals go, um, I've learned that, uh, that, um, for me anyway, goals give me direction, mm-hmm. but I try not to have any attachment to an exact outcome because it's too often like life is unpredictable and like the outcome might not be what you expected. And if you expected a certain outcome and you've had an emotional attachment to a certain outcome, you're going to be sorely, sorely disappointed. Yeah. We can talk about this a little bit later too, but like I've had like shows I thought were going to go or auditions I thought I was going to book that didn't happen and you know, I'd get disappointed. Right. Yeah. It was just a natural thing to have, but it's like, but if you, if I just had the goal of like, Hey, this is just giving me direction. It's giving me the, the, like a positive direction to move forward. Mm-hmm. Then I think that's awesome, you yeah. know, and setting like certain things. So I absolutely believe in the idea of having goals and making plans and stuff, but I also hundred percent believe in not being too married to those exact plans and those exact goals. Which kind of leads me to the next part, which is um, the art of improvising, right? Right. Because so many times your plans do not go according to the way you think. So you have to just improvise and you have to just kind of go with the flow and be like, okay, like this didn't happen. But if I just pivot a little bit, something else could happen. And usually when I do that and I'm kind of malleable, um, I find that I have like the most joy about about that. I remember uh, this one year... I had an audition for a, uh, a Wendy's commercial mm. and I went for it, <laughs> you know, and it was probably the worst audition I've had in LA. Like, really? It was terrible. Like the casting director was like, just not having a good day. <laughs> and like, he was just like, he was like getting upset at me. He's like, he's like, Sharon, I told you the directions. And, and I just felt so bummed. And I remember being like, Oh my gosh, I'm so discouraged. And so, uh, distraught. And, and I was like, like kind of praying and being like, man, like, should I even be in LA? Should I just get out of here? But something told me to hold on and I'm like, okay. And so I did and I held on and I had this audition for another show called Silicon Valley. Yes. And I auditioned Very for that show. Very popular show. Very popular show. And it wasn't anything when I auditioned for it. It was a brand new show. And I I went to the audition and um, I the casting director said, okay, we want you to play this character uh kind of shy you know like he's a kind of a very insecure on stage and everything and i did it when i got it and and like and it went well and like uh, maybe a week or two later they called me in for a callback and so i went into the the studios and um 
in the studio room. Like there were there were only three people for the callback, and they had me going first. And I remember being in that room, um, with a uh, with like Mike Judge, who created like Beavis and Butthead, uh-huh. uh, Office Space, like amazing shows like that. Yes. Alec Berg, who uh, was like one of the writers of Seinfeld, like big big players in yeah. this room, right? Wow. And uh, they're like, hey, okay, so we want you to. Um, to do the audition again we really liked how you did it so i i did it kind of like that same way i did it before yeah. kind of shy and they're like there were like some snickers in the room and like kind of laughter and stuff like that so then mike gave me some notes and stuff and he wanted me to do it again now here's the thing the goal and it was kind of pre-planned was like oh yeah this is what they want to do it again right but i always felt instinctually i didn't read this character this way at all right i thought this character was you know what? What makes this character funny to me is he thinks he's so freaking cool and he's not at all. Right. And that's what makes it funny because he's so <laughs> unaware of what right. an idiot he is. Yeah. And so I asked I asked him before I tried it again. I said, hey, you know what, guys? Um, I actually see it a totally different way. Can I try it a totally different way? And they're like, oh, yeah. Yeah, do it a totally different way. And I did it. And the room was dying laughing really they were i mean they were laughing and laughing and they were like oh my gosh so much so that they rewrote the character the way i did it wow that was all because i improvised right right what a and gutsy move it was too. a gutsy I move mean, you know but it felt it felt right felt it right. felt like the thing yeah. you know so the <laughs> art of improvising i think is so important not just in acting but in life right you know like just just kind of go with it. Like trust your gut, trust your instinct. Trust your gut. That's what I was you thinking know? when you were saying this. Cause yeah. a lot of time our guts don't, this just doesn't feel right. Yeah. What's going on? Well, let's, you know, you listen gotta, to that. Listen to it. Right. Yeah. So art of improvising. And then the last thing I was going to say in regards to all of this stuff is being happy now, because so many times we base our happiness on like a certain outcome happening. Right. Yeah. It's like, Oh, if this happens, then I'll be happy. And if that happens, yeah. I'll be happy. Then your happiness is super fleeting because you never know what is going to, you know, right. come your way. But I found that if you can actually learn to have joy right now, then the outcome of that joy is success. Right. And so I honestly feel that a lot of the success I've had in LA and I have had success and, and I'm happy to admit that because it's not because oh, I'm, I'm so special or I, I'm like right. so talented or whatever. I, I definitely work at it, but it's also because I have joy right now and I feel like the outcome of that joy is a success I've had. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? Absolutely. I love that. And, yeah. and I get that from you, you know, just being, yeah. being around you a few times now that that's that's what you portray your oh, energy thanks. is joy yeah. it's happiness and yeah. pos- positivity and yeah uh, yeah i can totally see that and and what great advice for all of us right oh it's yeah. like you know let's enjoy the moment totally you know heaven's now it's not after we die yeah exactly it's right now man. exactly and yeah. um and when we when we can kind of recognize that and feel that and feel that in this very moment there is so much joy to be had mm-hmm. um and we just really just bask in that joy. And, and we'll talk, touch more about this in, in a little bit. But um, when we can kind of feel that, um, it's almost like that the result of that ex- immediate joy that you have is your dreams coming true, you know, right. and like and, and success happening. Yeah. And that's what that's how it's been for me, you know, and um, and I have and if it was just like a one time thing, 
it'd be it'd be crazy. Oh, here's the thing about that Wendy's commercial. The following year, I booked a Wendy's commercial, <laughs> and guess what? It was advertising the exact same burger I auditioned for the year before and didn't no get. No way! Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. That's what I'm saying, man. Like, so it's just it's just crazy because, and also I remember uh, I had moved into this apartment and I was looking at my blank wall and I'm like, what should, what should I put there? And I'm like, oh my gosh, I've always wanted. To Okay, so uh, technical glitch, technical glitch, no big deal. But um, yeah, well, Sharon we saved the day, by the way, guys. No, if you knew it just happened. Uh, anyway, no, yeah. it was all uh, faith in <laughs> Apple products, I guess, <laughs> and power. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so we were talking about um, like I was like, looking at this empty blank wall. Yeah, and uh, I wanted to get a projector, and so getting that Wendy's commercial was key. So. Yeah, the yeah. whole idea of like just improvising and and being happy now, right. I, I think, is like such a crucial, crucial uh, concept in our lives, right? Like right. having joy in the moment and allowing the joy in the moment to dictate our outcome. Absolutely. So, okay. yeah. So that's just kind of been my my big philosophy, my mantra in life. Like, Love don't it. don't uh, wait for things to give you joy. Have joy right now, and th as a result of the joy right now, you can have. Um, success. Yeah, I love that. And I think so many people are looking for happy. They'll be happy when. Yes. I'll be happy if. Yes. I'll be happy because of. Right. And that leads to a lot of misery in people's lives, you know. And and, um, and what what great advice. Um, so let's shift gears just a little bit. Cool. Um, let's talk about. You know, obviously, we've already talked about how much you love acting, and then you, yeah. you know you got involved in it, and how it kind of yeah. Let's talk about some of the roles you've been in, and just how sure. where you're at today, and give the listeners a little background on that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, when I first got into acting, it was more like uh, I'm going to be an extra, and <laughs> for me, I was like stoked because right. I'm walking past a camera or something like that, and I was on set. <laughs> And then that led to a couple of, you know, small, smaller roles like, uh, and I started doing like, like a lot of lines in like, in like short films and stuff. And then that led to like some bigger, bigger roles in, um, short films. And that led to like smaller roles in feature films and, and everything like that. And every, I remember like every little step of the way was monumental for me. Right. But I would have like, you know, I'd have like new agents and stuff that would believe in me. They're like, yeah, yeah, we, we're excited to see what's going to happen. But what's been really cool is to see that there has been a progression. There has been like levels of success. Now, when I left for LA, like the year before I left for LA, um, 2008, in the beginning of that year, I was like really kind of bummed because there was this big feature that I was going to be doing. It didn't work out for me. And everyone that we were all working together all kind of like went their separate ways. Right. But that year I ended up booking three features and, um, and it led the last feature film I did was, uh, for a movie called abandoned mine, which, you know, it was mm -hmm. like a funny, you know, it's right. like a <laughs> suspense movie or something. And it was cool because the rest of the cast were all LA based. I was the only one out of Utah of the five leads and the cast was like, Sharon, what are you doing in Utah? Like, you got to come to L.A. We'll help you out. So that really motivated me. And so the following year, I, I told them, hey, guys, I found a place. I'm moving to L.A. And, and sure enough, some of them reached back to me and, like, they helped me out, got really? me an agent and, and nice. all that stuff. 
And so went on that journey. And a lot of times, like, I'll be honest, I really had this solid feeling of, I have zero idea what I'm doing. (laughs) You know, like there was no plan other than like, okay, I'm just going to go in with it and we'll see what happens. And that's how my life has been a lot of the times. Okay. I guess we'll just go with it and see what happens. Right. But, um, every so often, like just when I thought like nothing was going to happen, a little thing would come my way. I'm like, Oh, this is cool. This is like a, like nice little treat. Right. So when I got Silicon Valley, I would say that that was a big, big win for me because that like really got me into the world of TV and it got me a new agent. And, um, and as a result, uh, I also got casting directors that would request me to come in. They said, Hey, we saw him on Silicon Valley. We loved him on that show. Okay. Why don't you come in? And so with the new agent and with like casting directors calling me in, I started booking a lot more shows and every year I started booking more and more TV. So like I, I did stuff like on two broke girls. I was on, you know, I was on criminal minds, um, which was an awesome, awesome experience. Oh, I bet that was awesome. It was amazing. I love that show. It was amazing because, (laughs) um, what was so great about criminal minds was, you know, it's a pretty, you know, intense show and everything. Oh yeah. But the crew is so nice. It was, they were so unbelievably nice. And in my scene, uh, you guys can check it out. Uh, it is uh, season thirteen, episode four, I believe. It's called uh-huh. Killer App, but and I'm literally on for the first two minutes of the show. Uh-huh. So if you blink your eyes for two minutes straight, you'll miss me. <laughs> but uh, but right when it turns, it turns on with me playing ping pong and like I and I'm having dialogue and stuff like that. And uh, it I don't want to give too many spoilers, but it's it's pretty intense what happens. Right. Anyway, in between takes the director would come up to me just to tell me how good of a job I was doing. Like, it was so nice of him to do right, that, yeah. you know? And he doesn't need to do that. He doesn't need to do that. Yeah. And, you know, I also work as a producer. I produce a lot of, like, my own content, commercials, and TV shows and stuff like that. And so just seeing how Criminal ri- uh, criminal Minds ran their set, I was like, I want to make sure I can run a set like that. Right. In terms of kindness. Sure. I mean, of course, they had a lot more money than what we have and what I'm used to having. But yeah they were all so kind with each other and everyone was so respectful and people just had genuine smiles on their faces. And so I was like, this is an amazing experience and I want to make sure that I'm constantly <laughs> uh, creating stuff like this. So, yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. Um, and so t- talk about kind of what you're doing now um, yeah. and, and maybe what, uh, you know, what project are you working on or what's coming up? Yeah. Um, so there's a couple of different things right now, actually. Um, the last part of, uh, of December, and I'm a big believer in spiritually creating your own life. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is I really think and feel that if in your mind you kind of meditate and you create visually what you want to have happen, it just results. It just manifests, you know? And um, last December... I had finished like a, a TV pilot. I acted in a TV pilot uh, for a show that I was producing, a kids show, which is going to come out uh, oh, okay. pretty soon. It's a, it's called Let's Get Epic, which we're I was really excited about. Nice. But uh, in December, I I knew the like January was going to be pilot season in LA, which meant that I'd be going on tons and tons of auditions. And 
I just was kind of tired of auditioning. I was like, I just want to be on a show. I should be on one yeah. show and just like on a regular on a show and not have to keep on going through that, that rigmarole. And so I did this meditation, spiritual creation session where I um, said, okay, uh, let this happen in my life. I want, I'd like this and I want to be on a regular, regular on a show. And I did that kind of in the beginning of December. And then probably about two or three days before Christmas, uh, I get a phone call or I get a text message from a friend of mine, Jason Fowler, who is a, uh, who he is a, um, he has a production company called Aerostorm Entertainment that's created a lot of fantasy type shows. Oh, okay. And they were working on a TV show called The Outpost. And he messages me and he says, Sharon, we have this role. We've been trying to find the right person for this role and we couldn't figure it out. But just thinking about you, I think you'd be perfect for it. And I'd love to have you audition. Here's the thing, though. He is a mute character. He has zero lines. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. Like, and he said, you'd I'm be like, perfect You'd be it. perfect to be someone that doesn't say anything. I'm like, oh, okay. But he said, but he's got a lot of screen time and he's very important to the show. Uh-huh. And it'd be a totally different role than anything you've ever played before. And I know you're a character actor. You like to do a lot of different things. Right. We'd love to have you try out. Mm. So I'm like, awesome man thank you for the opportunity so i auditioned that day and then he had me come in that following day and i and i did another audition for him and he said i'll be honest with you Sharon. uh you didn't really have to do this audition for me we already want to give you the role i just wanted to see if you can do something different i'm like are you kidding me why would you make me go through that jason but uh (laughs) but i got the role and Uh so then i ended up being uh a kind of a regular character on this fantasy show, which, you know, I'm an East Indian guy. I normally do comedy and silly stuff like that. Right. Um, this was fantasy. It was dramatic, totally different appearance than anything I've ever done in my yeah. life. And um, I did five months on that show. And I, and literally what I created in my mind uh, a couple weeks earlier, I, it just fell into my lap and just like that I manifested. And so, wow. Um, Love five it. months on that show and that's airing on the CW right now. Okay. So if you guys want to check that out, you can, I play the character Dano and, um, <laughs> and it's every episode. It's like, it's different. Like some I'm in less than others, but, um, the, then there are some that have like some really nice scenes and there's only 10 episodes of the season for the first season. And, the last couple episodes, I have some really good moments. So anyway, Very so that cool. was so that was great. Yeah, uh, that's and awesome. And then, um, and just recently, just very recently, I'd been feeling like I'm gonna do more acting in my life, and um, I had that thought. And then all of a sudden, like I'm telling you, gig after gig after gig just kept landing in my lap. Short films and all these different things. Currently, like in like, and then when I say currently, I mean like I filmed one day last week, and I'm doing three more days this week. Uh, I'm on a feature film called Prescription for Love, and it's like a kind of like a Hallmarky type <laughs> uh-huh. of film. But then also, here's another cool thing. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I get contacted by this guy Scott Crosby, and and he said, "Sharon, um, I got your number from Nick something or other." And I'm thinking to myself, I don't even know who that is, but yeah. I'm gonna go with it. I'm like, "Oh yeah, about? of course." Tell him I say <laughs> hi. Uh, and he's like, "Well, here's the deal." I have this TV show I've been developing and uh, the, a TV pilot. One of the main cast members is going to be one of the, the regular ladies from modern family. And um, oh, okay. we have this, uh, we, it's called remotely working. 
and um, there are five main people in the cast. And it's basically the, there are these five guys that work for this company called Piranha. They're making fun of Amazon, I guess is what they're saying. Oh, but, okay. uh, <laughs> but uh, they call themselves, uh, the company's called Piranha. And, uh, and mm. there's all, it's all about these five people that work remotely from all parts of the world oh, for this okay. company and like the interactions that they have. And he says, but um, we've, we've cast four of the five. But the fifth person, we have been struggling with casting. And I got your number from Nick, and I had it for a while, and I forgot to co- contact you. But I really think you'd be good, and I'd mm-hmm. like to send you an audition and see if you can do it. I'm like, are you serious? Like, well, first off, that's crazy. Thank Nick, even right. though I don't even know who he is. Right. But uh, <laughs> uh, they gave me the audition. I booked it. And so uh, last week I was in St. Louis filming this show. So that is also being edited right now cool. and um, going to be pitched to like ABC and, really? and stuff like that. Right yeah. on. So there's like, Good you know, stuff. there's always stuff kind of going on. So it's exciting. I love it. Thank yeah. you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, you know, I, uh, I, I'd like, we kind of talked before we got on air here about uh, maybe a challenge you could give our listeners yeah. and, and I loved what you said. I'm going to just kind of let you take over, but uh, if you would share that with us and, and why. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, I think the biggest challenge I would let people know, and I I feel like this is like the mantra of my life is to let God love you or to let the universe love you or to let your higher power love you, whatever you believe that for yourself, there is so much love all around you, right? You know, it's, it's, and it's a form of energy and it's infinite. And, um, too many times we go our lives without feeling that love Mm -hmm. and we try too hard for things and we're we're facing all these things and we have all these burdens in our lives and and pain in our lives that we don't actually allow ourselves to heal from but the truth is that this love is infinite and it wants to fill you and consume you and what is so cool about this love is is that it's completely unconditional you don't need it's not based on a certain person loving you right it's not based on a certain outside circumstance happening it has nothing to do with any of that stuff. It's completely unconditional. It's completely free and it's accessible to you right now. And that's the beauty of it. It is accessible to you right now. But what you need to do is just open your heart to it. And, um, there's a lot of different ways like I've done, Mm -hmm. uh, to, to have that love in my life. And sometimes it's as simple as like kind of closing my eyes and meditating and just saying, God, I believe you're there. And please let me feel your love for me. Right. And it's as simple as that, really. Right. And sometimes uh, it's as simple as like, please help me to, to see myself the way you see me, you know, and then help me to see other people the way you see other people. Right. But what happens when you have this love f- fulfill you is you feel immediate peace right now. And it's so crazy because you could have the worst day of your life and be completely happy. Right. And that's the, that's the beauty of it, you know? And I've, I've had times when I'm heading to an audition and it's weird because I was thinking this is an outside thing and it's a future outcome and I don't know what's going to happen. And I don't care. It's the beauty of being like, I don't care what the outcome is because I'm so fulfilled right now. Wow. That's awesome. I mean, I mean, think about it, like Mm -hmm. to be completely fulfilled 
right now without having to be like, oh, I need this to fill this hole or I need some outside circumstance to fill, fill the hole. To feel like, to know that you're completely have arrived, right? Because right? always we're searching for something or we want this to happen or that to happen. But it's like, no, you've arrived. You're there right now. Yeah. Heaven is right now, right? Oh, yeah, exactly. And, and you're, you're completely in this right now moment of life and of love. And, you know, a lot of times people say, you got to just stay present. You got to just stay like that. And I do believe that. But I also think that being present is the byproduct of having that love in your life. Right. Because when you have that love right now and you, and you feel so engulfed by it, you're so happy and you're so aware. You kind of, your mind kind of shuts down. Not that you're falling asleep, but it's like, it's not racing anymore. Right. It's calm. It's calm. Yep. And it's centered. And in that space of love and in that space of joy, you can create anything you want. You can have, you will have the most optimistic future yeah. and things just happen in your life. It just, it yeah. just flows into you without having to like work so hard for something. Right. I was having a conversation with a friend of mine just last night who was, you know, struggling a little bit with like, not just not happy with her career uh, as an actress and where she wants to be. And I remember just thinking, you know what? I've been there before. I totally yeah. know what that's like. Yeah. And I remember what it's like, cause she described it as like, she felt like she was fighting the river upstream. Yeah. And I'm like, I know exactly what that's like to feel like you have to force something, not I and mean, she doesn't feel like she's forcing, I know what you but mean, like though, yeah. working really, really, really hard. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know what? A big part of things happening is to let things work with you and for you. Right. And not having to like be like, oh, I have to work so hard to get it. Right. But I really think that if you just love yourself and it's easy to love yourself when you can feel God's love for you yeah. or can you feel the universe love for you you start valuing yourself and really caring for yourself. Yeah. And when that happens, um, any addiction, any, any trial, anything that you feel like you need to have a sense of identity, you just let go because your identity is full of love Yeah, and it's infinite. That's right? beautiful. So that's kind of like my thing. Okay. And, and I feel like <laughs> if you do it like that, um, yeah, things just kind of work out yeah. in the most beautiful way possible. Cause like, think about this. The, one of the worst things that could happen almost as bad as your dreams not coming true is to have all of your dreams come true and you're not happy about it. Wow. Yeah. Can, yeah. You know what I mean? So like, true. Like yeah. to have like, be like, Oh, I need all this and this and this and this to be happy. And you get all that, 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 and that. And you're like, shoot, I'm not happy. Yeah. I'm Why not am fulfilled. I not happy? What's you going know? on? But then to be completely joyous right now without any of those things happening is the best thing in the world. Because yes. then when those things happen, it's just like the cherry on top, just right? It's the cherry on top. It's, just, the, it's just like, oh, extra <laughs> outcome. It's just, it's like a, a, a sign that, hey, I'm, I'm living a good life right now already <laughs> instead of like, oh, I need yeah. that to happen for me to have a good, good life. Love it. Absolutely. So, That's beautiful. And thank you for yeah. sharing that with all of us. Of course. Um, and thank you for being on this. Yeah, of course. Uh, you are, you, you know, you've saved the day more in, in more ways than, <laughs> people know right now but yeah, no thank worries. you so much um if people want to reach out to you and yeah. they want to get a hold of you or learn more about what you do or if they yeah. want to see some of your acting yeah yeah how, yeah how would they do that it's a great question um i am on imdb if you want to see like my credits and stuff okay. you know um and my name is spelled charon provocker c-h-a-r-a-n-p-r-a-b-h-a-k-a-r that's like uh you know you can like look at the credits and 
kind of like I, right. I it's hard for me to even know like when shows come on air right i just act and then kind of move on to the next project um you can always follow me like on instagram facebook instagram my my tag is chernarama c-h-a-r-a-n-a-r-a-m-a because nice. my full first name is rama charen and so i'm like chernarama that sounds great uh it does so uh i, I would say like that's probably a, a good way i'm i'm terrible at like Instagram and like social media normally, but I have been getting a little bit better at posting. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I would say like, those are great ways. Like find me on Facebook, find me on Instagram. Gotcha. Do you have a YouTube channel or do they just look you up on YouTube? Yeah. You know, I do have a YouTube channel. I haven't really posted a ton of stuff on there, but I will send some links of some stuff that I've done. Um, I'll send that like snowboarding video. Yeah, give me video. some links. I'll po- yeah. I'll post that on to uh, to this as well, so yeah. people can tag. Yeah, I'll uh, <laughs> I can I can send you my acting reel. Uh, just as a warning, there are a couple swears in there, but I bleeped them out. So uh, I know, oh my gosh. I know, I, I know. Just it. love yourself, you guys. Don't don't hope worry we can about handle it. it. Yeah, just love the bleeps too. So I'll I'll okay. send you a link to maybe my acting reel. Um, yeah, that'd be really and cool. And then um, I'll send you a link to like some funny videos I've done. I. Uh, the, the snowboarding video and then the um another character i did was uh you know in utah there's like so many people that are so into essential oils and so i just <laughs> thought this is the perfect place to m- make some fun right and so i've uh i did a character where i played an oil guru where i where i give like these affirmations that are completely <laughs> ridiculous but it's yeah. like with any problem you could possibly have there is an oil to help solve that problem so I've got a couple of those videos online oh, awesome. that, uh, I love that you guys can check out. But Very cool. Yeah. Anyway, and okay. then check out the outpost on the CW. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Sharon, for being yes. on this. Uh, I It's truly my honor and blessing. It's great to get to know you better. Of course. Yeah. Um, Likewise. We will post this up later. Um, for the listeners, um, the links will be up here shortly. And uh, we'll also add a couple yeah. of your, your uh, links as well to, yeah. to follow you. But uh, uh, please... Uh, you know, send this to anyone and everyone you know, and uh, and I want to thank you. And I really love the thing that stood out. I mean, the whole interview was awesome, but the thing that stood out the most to me is when you said, "I'm gonna be an actor." Yeah, I am an actor. I'm an actor. That's who I am. Yeah, and, and how things kind of just opened up from that point forward. And Completely. and I know. Uh, and then the other thing that really stood out to me is just being happy in the moment, mm. having joy now. Yes. And uh, so thank you for sharing that wisdom with us. And uh, thank you for your time, and, and thanks for saving the podcast today. <laughs> oh, no worries, man. That was that was fun. It's like I'm an Indian guy; I should know computers. So. Yes, yes, yes. You saved it, but thank you so much for yeah. being on. No problem. Thank you again. Okay, thanks everybody. This is again Todd Sylvester with the Todd Sylvester Inspires Belief Cast, and never forget that there's nothing wrong with you. Thank you for joining. Thanks.